Hello, mummers. Welcome to episode one in our Prolapse podcast series. This is going to be a goodie. Today, we're talking all about exactly what a prolapse is, the ins and outs of a prolapse, everything you need to know. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for Welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. I am always pumped for a podcast, but I'm particularly pumped when it's the start of a new podcast series. And today is episode one of a five-part prolapse podcast series. This has been highly requested for a very, very, very long time. And the reason is because it affects so many women. So we know at the moment, one in every two women who have ever had a baby will experience prolapse at some stage in their life. That is mind-blowing. That's ginormous. So many women are experiencing this, but yet I still don't feel it is spoken about very much. I still feel it is shamed or a bit of a taboo topic for a lot of women. So I really hope you love this series. Today's episode one, upcoming in this series, we do also talk about treatment tools and conservative management for prolapse. We'll chat about pregnancy and birth with a prolapse. We'll chat about exercise and prolapse. We're going to talk about the emotional roller coaster that is prolapse. And what's really special about this series is we're also going to hear from some really beautiful Pregnancy Posse members who have been so willing to share their experience on prolapse as well. And I don't take that for granted at all. I'm so, I feel so privileged that these women have shared their experience. So you're going to hear from them too, which is so beautiful to be able to relate and resonate with women who are like you, mothers, sisters, friends, athletes, colleagues, going through the same thing. So all these episodes are now live inside the Pregnancy Posse. Every episode one to five is already uploaded and ready to go. So if you do want to watch them all at once and you don't want to wait, they are up inside the Posse. I have also done a bonus video for members inside the Posse where I talk you through a diagram explaining exactly what a prolapse is, the visual representation of what it looks like inside the vaginal walls, plus where a pessary sits and all those sorts of things. So if you need to wrap your head around what that visual looks like, you can find it inside the Posse. That pregnancy pregnancyposse.com you can trial it for seven days definitely go and check that out but otherwise let's jump into this episode I know you're going to love it we're chatting all about exactly what a prolapse is what it might feel like the symptoms that you might have and by the end of the episode you're really going to have a good understanding of what is a prolapse and what isn't a prolapse so um, enjoy this episode and I will see you soon okay ladies Let's chat prolapse. This has been a highly, highly, highly requested topic for the podcast. And I think for a couple of reasons. So firstly, it is very common to have prolapse, to experience prolapse. We know that one in every two women who have ever had a baby will experience prolapse at some stage in their life. So whether that's immediately postpartum, whether that's later on in life in menopause, that's how high the stats are. Isn't that crazy? That so so common it is not what I would call normal and I'll get into that a little bit later because there are 
variations of normal for sure it's not normal in that it's not something you have to just put up with that's what I mean by not normal it is something you can absolutely do something about there's something that you can improve it's very very common however why I also think this was such a requested topic is because so many women still feel so isolated still feel so lonely still feel so shamed um, still feel so confused by what a prolapse actually means. And I know this because I get so many messages from women saying, oh, I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like I'm broken. I feel like no one else is going through this. All my friends are bouncing back after birth and running and doing all these things. Am I the only one suffering from this? And that's why I knew I had to dedicate a whole series to it. So what I wanted to start with is the bare basics of what exactly is a prolapse because I still think there's a lot of misunderstanding around what a prolapse is. So for those of you listening to me right now, I am holding up a pelvis. <laughs> so these videos will be up on YouTube. You can go find them under Physio Laura on YouTube. For Pregnancy Posse members, I will be giving you a really good visual demonstration of exactly what I'm talking about right now. There's right now, you can't see it if you're listening to me in your headphones, but I am pointing the vagina right at the camera. <laughs> so it's good to be able to understand it like this. So again, Pregnancy Posse members, this will all be up for you to watch and um, also on YouTube if some people want to watch that version, um, but a really detailed version will be going up for members inside the Pregnancy Posse. So what exactly is a prolapse? So what I want you to imagine is you've got three pelvic organs. So think about at the front of the pelvis here is your bladder. Now sitting behind your bladder is your uterus and sitting behind your uterus is your bowel. So they're your three major organs that we will be referring to when it comes to prolapse. Now imagine that these organs are all pinned up inside this pelvic cavity by like really strong ropes. And those ropes are actually what we call your fascia and your ligaments. And that's what holds them up inside that pelvic cavity. So nothing drops, nothing boulders, nothing descends, right? Now, when you have increased intra-abdominal load, so we're talking when you're pregnant, when you're you know, carrying extra weight through there, when you're straining through there, so things like constipation, heavy lifting, incorrect exercise, obviously pushing out a baby vaginally, like that's an enormous load on that area. What happens is those ropes that are holding up your organs, your bladder, your uterus, your bowel, those ropes are pulled and pulled and pulled and stretched and strained. And those ropes will not always bounce back to the exact position they were in before. So you can imagine if there's slack in those ropes that are holding up all of your organs inside this pelvic cavity, then those organs are naturally going to sit lower. So they're not going to be held up tight like they were. They're going to drop down a little bit if those ropes have been stretched and strained because of all those factors that I spoke about, which I'll, I'll elaborate on as well. So those organs are going to sit lower. And that essentially is what a prolapse is, is when things start to sit a bit lower in the pelvic cavity. Now, there are so many different types of prolapse, but specifically today, the, the type of prolapse I'll refer to is vaginal prolapse. And the reason why I'll talk about vaginal prolapse is because this is tends to be the most common. So if we're looking underneath, so at the top of your pelvic hammock, so that base of the pelvis, you've got your, it's hard to do this on the camera, urethra. So that's where your bladder exits, you know, that's your bladder hole. 
And underneath that, you've got your vagina. So that's the hole for your uterus. So we're talking about those organs again. Then we come down here, we've got the anus. That's the hole for your bowel. So we've got your three organs up the top. They may have loosened, like the ligaments are a bit more slack. They're sitting a bit lower. Then we've got the three outlets at the bottom. Now, technically, yes, you can have a prolapse within your urethra and within your anus. So you can prolapse from those two holes, from those two openings, passageways, whatever you want to call them. But that's not what I'm going to be referring to today because the most common one, especially when I'm talking to you right now, pregnant or postpartum, is vaginal prolapse. So this is the vagina here. And what I mean by vaginal prolapse is that there's some sort of bulge, drag, heaviness or descent within the vaginal walls. Okay, so picture the vagina, the vaginal walls side by side like this because of pregnancy and the increased load on the pelvis in pregnancy the hormones making everything a little bit more lax a little bit softer there's more pressure on those vaginal walls now add in vaginal delivery which we know puts an enormous strain on our pelvis what can happen after birth is those vaginal walls get softer and if you've lost strength in the ropes that were holding up the fascia and the ligaments that were holding up your organs, if those organs are then sitting lower, combined with having softening in the vaginal walls, what can happen is those walls can start to bulge in a little bit. So imagine the front wall of the vagina, that's where the bladder is pushing against. If that bladder is dropping a bit lower, combined with a softening in the vaginal wall, you're going to start to get this, this little bulge from the bladder in the front of the vaginal wall. Vice versa, on the back wall of the vagina, that's where the bowel is sitting. If the bowel is dropped a little bit lower in the pelvic area, combined with a softening in that back vaginal wall, you're going to get a little bit of a bulge in that posterior vaginal wall, so the back of the vaginal wall. Now, what? that's just a bit of a summary of like what exactly is going on with the prolapse. So again, it's that bulging, that drop, that descent, that uh, fullness in the vaginal area. So what does it feel like? For most women, a prolapse will feel like a dragging sensation, a bulging sensation, or a heavy sensation in the vagina or the lower abdomen. So some women may not actually feel vaginal symptoms. They may just feel like this dragging, weighty, heavy feeling in the lower abs. And because that's where those ropes I was talking about, the fascia, the ligaments that hold the pelvic organs, that's where they're sitting. So that's why you might feel it in the lower abs rather than just the vagina. So keep an eye out for that as well. Now, in terms of what symptoms may you have, there's a whole spectrum of things that you may have. And you may notice these before or after or during the other symptoms that I was describing about dragging, bulging, heaviness in the vagina. So these other things that you may experience because of a prolapse are incontinence, so wetting yourself when you cough, sneeze, laugh, run, jump, try to get to the toilet. Um, you may feel like you're sitting on a tennis ball or like you've got a full tampon sensation inside the vagina. So that feeling of fullness, it might not be a heavy, dra heavy dragging sensation. It might just be a fullness. You may have sexual pain or you may have sexual dysfunction and that could look like struggle to orgasm, lack of sensation. You could have um, dryness and pain or feeling like something's in the way. You may also have troubles emptying your bladder or bowels. So you may feel like when you go to the toilet, you don't quite empty enough. You may feel like you get a bit of a urine dribble after you've gone to the toilet. You may feel like you're trying to empty your bowels, but there's something in the way or it's not quite coming out like it used to. There's some sort of dysfunction happening there. 
Uh, you may also experience recurrent UTIs. And again, the reason behind that is that you're retaining urine because you're not emptying your bladder correctly. And you may feel, as I mentioned before, discomfort in your lower abs. So that's a really broad spectrum of the things that you might feel when you've got a prolapse. So if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, I don't think I have a prolapse, but I am experiencing some of these, my take home message today is absolutely go and see a women's health physio. You're never going to know properly until you get it assessed. And it is best to know exactly what your anatomy is up to, particularly if you've had a baby. It's best to know so that you make sure you're on the right track, you're doing the right rehab, you're doing the right things and definitely making sure it's not getting any worse. Now, Risk factors for prolapse. So this is important to know and I will be chatting a little bit later in episodes about pregnancy and birth and what that means for prolapse. I will be talking about exercise and prolapse as well. We won't go into too much detail with it today but we know that pregnancy is a risk factor for prolapse because of the added weight, the softening of ligaments. We know that vaginal birth, particularly if there is forceps involved, is a risk factor for prolapse. We know that if your pushing phase in vaginal birth is greater than two hours, this is a risk factor for prolapse. We absolutely know that constipation and straining on the toilet is a risk factor. I'll be talking about how we can manage constipation and straining in future episodes, but it is important to know that the the main reason I would see women in the clinic who haven't yet had a baby but do have a prolapse, the main reason they are there is because they're having a lot of bowel troubles. So Remember that this is not just for women who have given birth vaginally. This is for women who have just had chronic intra-abdominal load where there's been strain on those ligaments. So constipation can give you a prolapse if you're straining hard enough. Chronic breath holding or weightlifting with poor technique or doing some sort of incorrect exercise can also contribute to prolapse. So keep those in mind as risk factors for prolapse. Now, what I wanted to talk to you about, that kind of sums up what is a prolapse? What would you feel if you had a prolapse? So you should have a fairly good idea of picturing what that prolapse can look like. But what I want to talk to you now about is the definition and the staging of a prolapse. Now, this is something that really trips up a lot of women. It probably, to be honest, still trips up a lot of practitioners as well. So when I was first working in this field, we would grade prolapses from stage one to four. So stage one, essentially very mild prolapse. Stage two, you know, mild to moderate. Stage three, you can start seeing it coming outside of the vagina. And stage four is like a complete um, bulge outside of the vagina, I guess. So stage four, stage three and four are quite serious prolapses. Stage one and two are much more mild. They're contained within the vagina. Now, whenever I say prolapse to someone or whenever someone thinks they have a prolapse, I know most women think that they've got a stage three or four or they future trip that that's what it's going to get to. So there's this real panic and there's this real fear that their organs are literally going to fall out of their vagina and they're going to be feeling these, this bulge coming outside of the vagina. Now, rest assured, a very small percentage of women have stage three or stage four prolapses. It is not the most common, okay? They're pretty serious. The most common stages of prolapse is stage one and two. So please rest assured, not many women will have that experience, even if it feels that way. I know, and I'm not laughing. I'm laughing just because I know you feel like this if you're listening to this and thinking you have a prolapse. I know it's probably crossed your mind that it's everything's just going to fall out. I know I felt like that after the birth of my third baby. I felt like, oh my God, are things just going to drop? You know, I didn't feel like I had a lot of support, but very rarely is that the case. So I just want to reassure you that most 
stages of prolapse, or stage one or two, which means they're within the vagina. And to put this in layman's terms, imagine that vaginal wall I spoke about before, and you've either got the front wall coming in or the back wall coming in with that bulge. Stage one, imagine is just like a little bulge at the top of the vagina versus stage two, the bulge drops lower. So it comes closer to the entrance of the vagina. So naturally you're going to feel more symptomatic often if you have a stage two because it's closer to the opening of the vagina. There's more drag or weight or bulging happening compared to a stage one. What I really wanted to address though, I get a lot of women message me and say, Laura, I've got a stage one, whatever it is, you know, anterior wall, posterior wall, People might call it rectocele, cystocele, uterine drop. There's so many different names, but I have a stage one prolapse. What does this mean? I'm terrified. You know, will this ever get better? Blah, 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 blah. Now, what I want you to know is that we, there's been a whole body of research. There's been a whole movement, particularly within women's health physiotherapy, where we're starting to reconsider what we actually call a stage one prolapse and whether we even bother diagnosing someone with a stage one prolapse. Now, the reason for this is that there is a variation of normal after having a vaginal delivery, which is considered normal. So there is a variation of softening in the vaginal walls that will naturally happen. It is not a bad thing. It is a natural process that will happen after you have a vaginal delivery. So if that is a normal process, are we pathologizing it by calling it a stage one prolapse, which is then making women fearful and creating this big story around them being broken when actually it's considered normal? So I hope you're following my line of thinking there. So some research came out to show that 50% of women in their 20s who have not yet had a baby had the same classified, say, stage one prolapse that we were using to classify. So let's just say that one more time. So we're talking stage one prolapse, that mild bulge in the top of the vaginal wall. So some small movement of the walls of the vagina and the uterus within the normal range 50% of women in their 20s who have not yet had a baby had this anatomical picture. So if you are someone who's just given birth and you've got some softening in your vagina or in your uterus and it's a small amount of movement, I think we should be telling these women, and I'm talking to you right now, if you think you have this or if you've been diagnosed with this, that this is a normal part of your journey of your story of your recovery and that 50% of women who have not had a baby in their 20s also have this vaginal anatomy I hope that's making sense I feel like I'm rambling a little bit on that but it is a variation of normal and it is what we consider to be normal so I've spoken about this before and I will preface this by saying I do not want this to sound depressing because I did have a lady say well thanks Laura I feel so depressed about having a baby right now (laughs) and that is not at all my intention I've never been my intention my intention is to empower and educate women because I think knowledge is power when you have a baby and you breastfed a child you know your breast tissue is never quite the same again so like I'm on my third baby right now my breasts are nowhere near anatomically where they used to be (laughs) so they sit lower because my breast tissue has been stretched and it doesn't bounce back to exactly where it used to be for Laura pre-kids we know that we accept that I think most women are on the same page with that the same goes for your vaginal walls so your vaginal walls will never be exactly like they were pre-vaginal delivery okay so remember that it is a normal part of having a baby your 
pelvic floor has stretched two and a half times its regular length. You have pushed a baby out of the vagina or you might have other risk factors like I mentioned before, chronic constipation, etc., etc. But those vagina walls are never going to be exactly the same again. They are going to be softer and we know that to be true. So I think rather than calling it a stage one prolapse, if you are symptom free and it is just a slight change in your anatomy, but everything else is functioning well, I think we should call you normal. (laughs) So that's kind of where the movement is heading in women's health physiotherapy anyway, because there is a lot of stigma. There is a lot of negative association attached to a prolapse diagnosis. And so I think it's really important that we acknowledge there is a certain amount of softness and bulging and movement in the vaginal walls and the uterus that is normal so I just wanted to really highlight that point I'm always open to hearing your questions I will do a Q&A at the end of this series but I really want to highlight that point for those women I know who struggle with a grade one prolapse diagnosis okay now I wanted to move on and chat about the pelvic floor The pelvic floor, as you know, is my jam. I talk about it all the time. And I just wanted to briefly touch on the role of the pelvic floor in prolapse because I know a lot of women also think that if they have a prolapse, that means they have a weak pelvic floor or that if they do great pelvic floor exercises, that will fix their prolapse. And both of those statements are half true, but not fully true. So the role of the pelvic floor in the prolapse, in a prolapse, sorry, is to essentially be like a support hammock underneath. So going back to the breast tissue analogy I spoke about before, your breast tissue will never quite be the same again. But what you do is you put on a wicked support bra and it lifts your breasts up and we pretend like they're in the same position they were before you had kids. So the pelvic floor functions like a support bra. So let's say your organs are sitting a little bit lower and you don't have the same structural support that you used to have. You get a nice, strong, functioning, healthy pelvic floor. That helps to lift and support everything And, you know, it kind of acts like everything was like it was pre-kids in a way. So it's that really beautiful muscular hammock and that muscular support system underneath. So again, imagine this hammock sitting. I'm just showing those people in the video. Imagine this hammock sitting underneath and it's holding everything up inside the pelvis really, really well. Now, it is not the only support structure. So I mentioned those ropes that were holding up the organs before. They are very, very important. So the pelvic floor is not going to compensate for stretching in those, but the pelvic floor is going to help support. So it is really, really important muscle, but it is not the be all and end all. And having a strong pelvic floor does not mean you will not have prolapse. And having a weak pelvic floor is not the reason you may have a prolapse either. It is just one facet in prolapse management that we definitely do need to address because it is a really important function of managing prolapse symptoms. So I hope that makes sense. Now, I know a lot of women also ask me, does more pelvic floor exercises equal better? So does doing my pelvic floor all day, every day mean I won't have prolapse symptoms? Now, the answer is not necessarily. But having a strong and healthy pelvic floor is very important. So as with any pelvic floor training, you want to make sure that you contract your pelvic floor well and you relax your pelvic floor well. And I will talk about pelvic floor a little bit more detail in the next episode on treatment options for prolapse. But doing pelvic floor more often is not always better because if you're not doing it well, then you're not getting the same benefit. So I speak a lot about overactive pelvic floor muscles. I do have a 
uh, podcast episode way back when I did my pelvic floor series. You can scroll back and find that on overactive pelvic floor muscles. But if you're doing pelvic floor all day long, sucking it in, holding it in, but you're never relaxing and you've got this overactive, hypertonic, tense pelvic floor state, that is not good. That is not functional. That is not a healthy way to use your muscles. That will not help your prolapse. So the most important thing for prolapse is you've got a pelvic floor that can contract well and relax well. So doing more pelvic floor does not necessarily mean better. Doing them well is the most important thing. Roughly speaking, I prescribe about three times a day in terms of getting the habit of pelvic floor happening, but it's also important to be doing other exercises too, which I will talk about in a future episode. And then the last question I wanted to address when it came to pelvic floor and prolapse is, will having a strong pelvic floor be enough to overcome prolapse symptoms? So again, a a question I get a lot in my inbox is, if I just work my pelvic floor really hard, will that be enough? Or do I need to go see a women's health physio or do extra management? The answer is pelvic floor is such an important starting base. Yes, for prolapse management is that support hammock underneath. Like I said, you really want that to be working really, really well, but it does not work in isolation. So if you've got a strong pelvic floor, but your glutes are weak, your core is weak, your posture is crap, doesn't matter how strong your pelvic floor is, it's not going to help your prolapse. If you've got a strong pelvic floor, but every time you go to the toilet for your bowels, you're straining and you're constipated, doesn't matter how strong your pelvic floor is, it won't help your prolapse. So it's really important. Pelvic floor is one part of the pie that makes up an entire treatment program for prolapse management, which I will get into in the next episode. So I hope this has helped you wrap your head around what prolapse is, exactly where we're talking about when it comes to the anatomy and the structure, because I know a lot of women don't look down there and they're kind of afraid to look down there and it's hard to really like get in there. And I remember assessing myself and I put my finger in my vagina, but I couldn't even really do it myself. You know, like it's really hard to assess yourself, to understand your organs and everything. That's why I like showing this visual demonstration. Again, for those who want to see this, jump inside the pregnancy posse. I'm going to put up the, a whole video on demonstration so that you can visually understand it. And again, for those women, stage one slash mild prolapse, remember, this is a variation of normal. I really want to hammer that home. It doesn't mean if you're having symptoms that you need to ignore them. For sure, that is not what I'm talking about. If you're having symptoms, you absolutely need to and can get on top of it. But all I'm saying is, if you've been diagnosed with a stage one prolapse, it is not the end of the world. It is actually a variation of normal. So I really hope that episode's helped you guys. I look forward to chatting more about prolapse soon and I will see you soon. Okay, mamas, we are now going to cut to a wonderful compilation of Pregnancy Posse members who have shared They're intimate and beautiful stories about prolapse with me. Now, I don't take it lightly and I don't take it for granted that these women are so vulnerable and happy to share with me. I so, so, so appreciate that they are willing to share, to help the community, to help other women feel less alone. So I feel really special that I get to share these stories with you. Today, I have shared the pieces of their stories that resonate with this episode. So it's all about how their prolapse felt to them. Today is all about what a prolapse is and what it might feel like. So I've put together what these women have described their prolapses like and you might hear what they're saying and really resonate with that and I hope you do and I hope you really enjoy it and thank you again so much to the women who have shared these stories. So let's hear now from these wonderful women from all over the world who have done my pregnancy posse and let's hear about how prolapse felt for them specifically. 
I could feel like a huge lump just up inside me and I thought that's not normal that wasn't there before what's going on and obviously it was a very very scary experience it was it was really different for me I just I did freak out I thought oh my goodness I told my husband and obviously he just freaked out he had no idea um so I went to the doctor and they had said to me that it's a prolapse and they believed that it was my bladder so I then went to a I was referred to a physio the symptoms I was feeling was a real heaviness, a little bit bulgy, and also some back spasmy pains in my lower back, sort of felt like period cramps. Hello, so I had a prolapse at three weeks postpartum. I had symptoms of um, a heaviness down there, which made me get a mirror and check, and I could see my insides were falling down they were still inside me but I could definitely see them and I could push them back up with my fingers I didn't have the ability to then hold them up um, my pelvic floor and my core was so weak so that was my symptoms and then once I once that had happened then I was so scared to walk or move um, and it was quite painful and uncomfortable I was in quite a bit of discomfort so the symptoms were definitely the heaviness seeing that bulge and feeling that bulge and just feeling really scared I noticed the symptoms were I was walking and had intense sensations of heaviness in that pelvic area and then the feeling that I needed to actually just hold everything up, the feeling that everything was falling out, quite severe in my brain compared to what the actual census was. But in saying that, this was also after my second pregnancy. There could be a lot of contributing factors, but mainly that, um, yeah, the heaviness, especially the the feeling of needing to just hold myself the entire time. I first noticed that I had a prolapse about a week or two postpartum. It felt like I had a bubble. Every time I'd go for a walk, it was just really uncomfortable. I want to say that it was probably within two weeks of giving birth that I started to feel like something wasn't quite right. In the beginning, I just felt odd, like didn't quite feel right but being a first-time mum I thought maybe that was just normal. I felt quite heavy down there like heaviness in the bottom of my pelvic floor and then it started to get worse especially when I'd been on my feet a lot or if I'd been particularly more active that day and it got to the point where it started to feel like something was protruding or trying to come out of me. Five weeks postpartum I woke up one morning and felt a bit of a bulge in my vagina. I wasn't too sure what it was to begin with. I'd had some blood clots postpartum in the hospital and thought maybe it was more of those. But um, after a quick look with a mirror, I could see that something was there at the entrance and I proceeded to completely freak out. No one had told me that this was even possible of happening with my first baby. Um, I'd never really heard of a prolapse before. The only time I'd heard of it was that I thought it was something that happened to much older women. Um, See, so yeah, I did completely freak out, to put it politely. Um, the main symptom was that bulge and the fact that it just didn't go away no matter what I did, uh, which led me to make an appointment with a women's health physio. I was about 
seven or eight months post my first pregnancy with my son and I distinctly remember mucking around with him one day and doing some deep squats and then I don't know just ever since that day I remember feeling a bulge in my underwear and going and checking with a mirror and just seeing this ball sort of sitting between my legs in the entrance of my vagina and just being like what the actual is that essentially and then from then started frantically googling and you know freaking out and going to the doctors from there and and later discovering that it was I guess diagnosed as a prolapse. I recently had a prolapse 11 months postpartum from the birth of my second baby. Uh, one night I got up out of the bathtub and I felt like my insides had fallen into my vagina or that they were falling out of me to be quite frank when i got out of the bathtub i investigated uh, by feeling and and looking and uh, it, there was some tissue actually uh, distended and visible poking from my vagina so I pretty quickly had a suspicion of what was going on, although I didn't know that the onset could be so acute and sudden to happen the way that it did. Uh, had a look in the mirror, asked my husband to have a look at it as well, we were quite worried, and um, did a bit of Googling to confirm that what I'd most likely suffered was a prolapse. I first discovered my prolapse when I was about three weeks postpartum and I had felt a, quite a heavy sensation for the three weeks leading up to it but I just sort of thought it was normal birth recovery. My prolapse first started after my first child, the one is two and a half at the moment. A month after I'd given birth, I was walking around the field on a dog walk with her in a carrier and I noticed some dragging. I explained to people, it feels like, you know, Tampax hasn't been put in properly. I was four weeks postpartum when I first realised I had a prolapse. I was getting a really, really heavy dragging sensation, particularly after walking. And I also freaked myself out by putting my um, a finger in my vagina and feeling a, a huge bulge um, at the front, which was my bladder. So around two weeks postpartum is when I really noticed having a dragging sensation, feeling like something was falling out of me. I knew that I still had quite a bit of healing to do, so um, I was hoping that it would get better as time went on. I realised that something was a little bit different. I had the sense of heaviness in my groin, almost like a tampon was halfway out of my body, um, which was very disconcerting. And one thing that I didn't feel comfortable talking about to people but was a huge concern to me was at night when I was walking around the house, not wearing knickers, I could hear the sound of my vagina. So I could hear a, a bubbling or a wet noise as I was walking, which uh, made me feel incredibly self-conscious in my own home. Postpartum, I started to feel the common symptoms associated with a stage one bladder prolapse, which is heaviness, 
as a sole breastfeeder, um, dehydration <laughs> is something you definitely want to avoid. And I think combined with the severe dehydration that I was feeling and the strain of my pelvic floor when I'd go to the bathroom, I think this led to a combination of, yeah, what led to my stage one sister cell. The first time I noticed that something wasn't right was four to five weeks postpartum. I think it was when I was just doing like a little bit of Pilates, a little bit of stretching, and then even on my walks as well, I started to notice. So I felt pretty good straight after birth in those first couple of weeks. But then, yeah, a few weeks in, I noticed that things felt a bit different. And it just felt like a little bit loose, a little bit bulgy as well, I guess you could say. And just, yeah, just not right. Hello, mummers. I really hope you loved that first episode in our prolapse series and that for anyone who may suspect they have a prolapse or maybe has been recently diagnosed with a prolapse or maybe this isn't even on your radar, but now you just feel clued up about it. I really hope it reassured you and also educated you so that you don't feel scared and you don't go, oh my God, this is terrible. I can't believe Laura just put a podcast out on this. (laughs) I hope you actually feel really empowered and I hope you actually feel really educated about what it is we're dealing with here. It is not scary. It is so manageable. And that's what episode two is all going to be about. It's all going to be about treatment tools and conservative options, my main pillars of treatment that help with prolapse management. So definitely make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Like I said, next episode, we are talking about treatment tools. And then after that, we're going to be talking about having pregnancy and subsequent births with a prolapse and what that might look like. We're also going to be talking about exercise and prolapse and why it's actually really important you keep exercising. We're also going to talk about the emotional roller coaster. And like you heard today, we're also going to be hearing from Pregnancy Posse members. So you're going to get that real life intimate sharing of this story and I think that's such a valuable part of this series so if you love it please jump over to at physio laura on my socials and let me know what you loved about this episode or if you resonated with anything in particular I always love hearing from you over there and if you are listening to this in your ears right now I would so love for you to take a photo of you or your surroundings and share it on your stories And I would love to repost because I so love knowing that you're listening. I know you're listening. My stats tell me you're listening. (laughs) But I love knowing where you are in the world when you're listening. It really helps to make it. You know, a lot of this is me talking to a microphone. I really love knowing that you're receiving this on the other end. So if you feel inclined, take a snap as you're listening to it right now and share it to your story so I can see where you are when you're listening to this podcast right now. So... Hope you're having a wonderful day, mamas. I hope the sun is shining and you are feeling good and you are looking after yourself. And I will catch you soon for episode two in this prolapse series where we'll be talking all about treatment options and management options to make sure that you can help your prolapse as best as possible. See you then.